Good morning. Good to see everyone out this morning. I did want to reinforce that if you are a visitor here, you're an honored guest. Anytime in the churches of Christ that we have a visitor, uh, you are honored. Uh, We love having you with us. Are you in the right place this morning? You hope so, right? Well, if you look around, things look familiar. How do you know you're in the right place? Is it because brother or sister so-and-so are sitting in their assigned seat? Is it because I'm up here preaching this morning? How do you know you're in the right place on Sunday morning? Are there identifying marks to the church that God created? That Jesus established? Would God create a church that was hard to identify? Would Jesus build a church that was hard to find? 1 Corinthians verse 14 and 33 or chapter 14, verse 33 rather. God is not the author of confusion. But if we look out on the religious landscape today, we have just that, don't we? We have confusion. Men are the author of confusion, not God. One thing that we've been learning in our hermeneutics class at school and that is the study of the interpretation of Scripture. I didn't know that until I started that class either. Truth harmonizes. And when we go to the Bible and we look at God's Word written over such a span of time by numbers of different writers and we look into it with an open and true and honest heart Rightly dividing it, as the Scriptures say in Timothy, that we get harmonization. It all blends together. Matthew chapter 13, verse 15 says, Hearing they hear, and they don't understand. We hear a lot today, religiously, But there are many who don't understand what is being said. Many are, they're okay with sitting down and letting the preacher or whoever tell them what the truth is and they're just going along with it. And as I start my ministry, don't believe something that I say because I said it. Because I'm up here, raised up above where you can all see me. Look in the Scriptures for yourself. See if what I'm teaching, see if what anyone else is teaching you, whether it be God's Word, whether it be truth. And that takes just a little bit more than a casual glance. It takes more than a casual reading. Spend time in prayer before you go to God's Word. How can I know I'm in the right place? 
Well, I can know I'm in the right place when I see the church after the pattern that God has set forth in Scripture. God gives a pattern when He wants something built. He gave a pattern to Noah for building the ark. We read about those in Genesis. We read about the width, the height, the length of the ark. The numbers are right there. We can read them. He told Noah to build it out of a certain wood. Gopher wood. I have no clue what gopher wood is. But that's what God told him to build it out of. Now, Noah, he may have had a, uh, a, a, a tree line or a, a timber of uh, cedar trees. Easily accessible. But would he have been wise to go out there and cut down those cedar trees and make that boat, make that ark out of cedar wood? Would it have... Would it have floated? I don't think so. He made it according to God, God's pattern. What about when Moses built the tabernacle? God told him how he wanted it built, the items, everything, very detailed. Would God have dwelled in that tabernacle if it wasn't made the way that He wanted it made? Would He have rested there among the people? Hebrews chapter 8, verse 5, God said, Make all things according to the pattern shown to you in the mount. God also gave David a pattern for the building of the temple in 1 Chronicles chapter 28. God gave a pattern to the apostles to build the church. Matthew chapter 16, verses 18 and following. Jesus was speaking to Peter here on this occasion. And he gave Peter, he said, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. Now we could go more in depth to that scripture about Peter and uh, Petros and the rock. Um, but just know, he gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. And in Acts chapter 2, Jesus told them to wait in Jerusalem until they were endued with power upon high. And in Acts chapter 2, we can read about where the Holy Ghost came upon the apostles there, the tongues, uh, cloven tongues as a fire upon each one of them, and they proclaimed the kingdom of God with power. But they did it according to the pattern. Peter had the keys to the kingdom of heaven. That first gospel sermon that he preached on the day of Pentecost, there in Acts chapter 2. Let's turn over to Acts chapter 2. And look at this account. Referencing back to Matthew chapter 16, Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He didn't say, I will build my churches. He said, I will build my church. If we know that, and we know that God is not the author of confusion, 
And we know that we have a religious landscape that is teaching different things about God's Word. One says, you must be baptized to be saved. Another says, baptism has nothing to do with your salvation. One says, you need a creed book along with the Bible so that you can be faithful to God. Another says, creed books are evil. They're not according to God. Who do we believe? There's no harmonization there. God is not the author of confusion. If we look in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38, Peter has just got through preaching to them and telling them what they had done to the Son of God. Then Peter said unto them, after they were convicted in their heart and knew what they had done wrong, they needed salvation. They knew they needed salvation. What did Peter tell them? He said, Repent and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. There we see repentance. Baptism for the remission of sins. We see patterns. That is part of the pattern. I can know that I'm in the right place, the right church, when I see Christ as the only head. Again, in Matthew chapter 16, He said, I will build my church. Ownership. Jesus has the ownership of the church. No one else. Colossians chapter 1, verse 18, Christ is the head of the body, which is the church. 1 Corinthians 3, chapter 11, Another foundation can no man lay than that which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. A religion without Christ as its head is a false religion. Putting it plainly, but lovingly. Why? Because we want everyone to be saved. God desires that every one be saved. A religion with an earthly head is a false religion. Christ is the only builder of His one church. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 22 and 23, God hath given Him to be head over all things to the church, which is His body, the fullness of Him that filleth all in all. And then if you turn over to Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 4, it says there is one body. The body and the church are synonymous, or are the same. I lost my word there for a moment. The body and the church are the same. Jesus built His church, one body. I know that I'm in the right church when I see baptized believers making up its membership. Peter had the keys to the kingdom. Jesus gave him those keys. He had authority. They were endued from power, with power from on high. The power of the Holy Ghost. They had the right, they had the authority given by Jesus 
to show forth the pattern. The Lord adds the baptized to the church. Acts 2.41 tells us that. They that gladly received His Word were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. It also tells us in verse 47, they continued praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. We don't join a church. You are added to the body of Christ whenever you have completed the pattern for salvation that God has set forth. It is not my right, it is not your right. Because we didn't die for the church. Jesus died for the church. He has the authority. He has the right to say what we must do in order to be saved. There's no such thing as an unbaptized Christian. Because in this verse and in many others in the New Testament, we know that's what puts us into Christ. If we look in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, all spiritual blessings are in Christ. We must be in Christ to have those spiritual blessings. That's where it says, all spiritual blessings. Well, if we go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 27, as many of you have been baptized into Christ, have put on Christ. Into Christ, in Christ are all the spiritual blessings. That's how you get those spiritual blessings. The like figure whereunto baptism doth also now save us. Whenever we are buried in baptism, like Jesus was buried, and raised to walk in newness of life as Jesus was raised in His resurrection. That is the pattern that we must follow. Also, we must repent. We must confess that Jesus is God's Son, our Savior. You remember Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts chapter, uh, I believe, 9? He said, here's water. What hinders me to be baptized? He said, if you believe, Philip told him, if you believe with all your heart that Jesus is the Son of God, you may. The pattern to be followed. There's no such thing as forgiveness of sins without baptism. Paul in Acts chapter 22, verse 16, Ananias came to him. This was after that Paul saw the the vision on the road to Damascus. He was without sight for three days. He was praying, the Bible said. He was praying for three days. He was fasting for three days. And that whole three days from the time that he saw Jesus on the road, he talked to Him. He told Him, He said, you go and it will be told you what you must do. Ananias came to Him. Straightway as He opened the door, came in. Saul, Saul, why tarriest thou? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins according to the pattern. I know I'm in the right church. 
when I see people wearing the name of Christ, talking about other religions, we have to let people know that they're wrong in a loving way because we have the truth. And the truth, God said, will make you free. The members of the church that Christ built, we should want to wear His name. Christians. We won't wear the names of men if we want to be according to God's pattern. But only the name of our Savior. Only the name that gives glory to God. Now yes, we could be called the church of God, the kingdom. There are others in Scripture that uh, the church is referenced to in different words, but we do see in Romans 16, 16, the churches of Christ salute you. And Acts chapter 11, verse 26, the disciples were called simply Christians first at Antioch. There is a right way. Acts 4, verse 12 says, Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. It is only through Jesus Christ. I know I'm in the right church when I see scriptural elders shepherding the congregation. If they are qualified men, the Bible pattern shows that elders are a plurality, not just one. They're experienced men. We read that in 1 Timothy chapter 3, the qualifications. Elders oversee one congregation. And that congregation is autonomous. They don't see multiple congregations overseen. The Bible does not speak of councils or synods or conferences ruling over congregations or a group of congregations. God made it that way for a purpose. It was His pattern. I know I'm in the right church when I see worship according to the pattern. Mark 7, chapter, chapter 7, verse 7 says, In vain they worship Me, teaching for doctrines the commandments of men. If it was alive and well in the first century, it's alive and well today. Error and false teaching. There are many in the religious landscape today that would say, we're all okay. We're going to the same place. We just need to believe in God. Two names. Nadab and Abihu. We read about them. They offered strange fire. They were authorized to serve in the tabernacle. They were serving and worshiping the one true God, but they didn't do it according to His pattern. What happened to them? They lost their lives because they got fire from somewhere else that they were not commanded. One thing. They changed one small thing. But was it a small thing? God has established a worship pattern. And it's simple. 
It's easy to follow if we will follow that pattern. If we are open and honest in our hearts to God's Word, if we study it prayerfully and carefully, we can know. I know I'm in the right church when I see the five biblical acts that we can read about in Scripture in God's Word. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16 says, Teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. We know through Scripture that our heart is not the blood-pumping heart. The heart of the Bible is the mind. We serve God in spirit. Acts 20, verse 7 says, Upon the first day of the week, when the disciples came together to break bread, Paul preached unto them. There was preaching and there was breaking of bread. That is the Lord's Supper that the Lord instituted before He went to the cross. Acts 2.42 They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, there's the teaching, and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, there's the Lord's Supper, and prayer, praying. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 2, On the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by in store, as God has prospered him. There's the giving that we partake of. I know I'm in the right place when I see the singing, the praying, the giving, the preaching, the Lord's Supper, every first day of the week. How many weeks have a first day? God commanded it be done on the first day of the week. Last time I checked, every week has a first day. I know that I'm in the right church when I see God's work being done. We enjoy worshiping together, worshiping God together, but there's more to do. We talked about that in the Bible class this morning. There's more to do than just the coming and worshiping. God desires worship, but He also desires growth within us as individuals and within the church as well. We enjoy the love and the fellowship with each other. As I said this morning, I'm very glad to be here this morning to see all of you sitting out there and and all of us gathered together as one, praising God and learning and wanting to be near Him. But there's more to do. We sing songs like, I want to be a worker for the Lord. To the work, to the work. And we'll work till Jesus comes. But singing about it is not enough. There's more to do. The New Testament church was serious about working for the Lord. That's part of the reason that I've chosen to do what... I'm doing at the School of Preaching. By your blessing of me and my family and your support of the the, uh, school there, we are able to do that. Not everybody has the ability to get up here and speak. And if you would have asked me a few years ago, I would have told you I do not have that ability. 
But I am not going to let that stop me. I'm not going to let fear stop me. I'm not going to let anything stop me from doing the will of God. And that's what each of us have to do in our lives. We have to be about truth, but we have to be about work. We need to help those in need. We need to encourage each other, the brethren. We need to teach the lost that there is one true church. That Jesus died for. That Jesus built there in Matthew chapter 16. Ephesians 4.4, one church, one body. There are other scriptures that I could go to. I know I'm in the right church when I see the love among the brethren. John chapter 13, verse 34, Jesus said, Love one another as I have loved you. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Remember to keep that love with each other. As I am progressing in in my preaching and going and visiting other brethren everywhere, I can see that love. We all gather together and we love being around each other and with each other. Keep it up. Love is an identifying mark of the New Testament church. Love is in the pattern. All things must be done according to God's pattern. I can know I'm in the right place when I see all the things being done. Are you in the right place this morning? Do you see the Bible pattern being followed? Do you see Christ as the head? The members wearing His name? Elders overseeing? Worship as directed? Work carried out and love among the brethren? Do you see it? I see it. Then you're in the right place. One more thing. I know I'm in the right place when I hear the plan of salvation. We touched on it in the Scriptures that I went through this morning. But the Bible says you must hear the Word of God in order to believe it. And we must believe it. It says you must believe with all your heart that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. That's what Philip told the eunuch. You must repent of your sins. A change of mind that will bring about a change of life. You can't keep doing the old things. You need to repent of them and put them behind you. You must confess Christ before men. He said, if you do not confess me before men, I will not confess you before my Father which is in heaven. You must be baptized wherein you reach the blood that Jesus shed, the blood that saves us from sin. And you must live faithful unto death to receive the crown of life that Paul talked about. In conclusion, are you in a right relationship with God? If you have not done what is according to the pattern to be saved, you need to do that. If you need to study more upon these things, I know the members of the eldership here would love to do that with you. 
Have you followed the pattern? If you followed the pattern and you've fallen away, you've let sin take hold and root in your life. You can ask God to forgive you of that. And the members here would love to pray with you and pray for you. You can make things right this morning. If you've never followed the pattern or if you follow the pattern and fallen away, there is hope. There's salvation. If you're subject to the invitation, please come forward as we stand and as we sing.